And we are live. Let's get ready to talk about some boxing circus. Yeah. Woo. Boxing <laughs> circus. You ready for the boxing circus? Oh, my God. Um, but who are we, Mike? Who are we? Uh, we are the light kick on, well, on YouTube and Spotify and all kinds of other stuff. You can um, find us where you find video and podcasts. Check us out. If you're here, you already know mm-hmm, what we mm-hmm. do. Recap the fight. Precap the fight. Uh, even dance for your entertainment. Um, but before we proceed. Seven doesn't mean twerk. I do twerk. I got a booty that don't quit. Now, before we get into it, uh, let's discuss the news, shall we? Mike, what do we have on the docket? Well, well, hold on, hold on. I did not get all these great transitions just for free, just so we don't use them. So, transition. Let's get into the news and views of the week. <laughs> all righty. Uh, oh, my bad. Sorry, walking all over you there, big guy. Go ahead. That'll be the last time you ever do that. The first and last, Mike. Um ah. The next time, there won't be no next time. Wow. So, um, what do we got in the news, Mike? Okay, so, um, well, I'm going to avoid the uh, obvious boxing circus that took place. Um, there's we'll a lot of stemming from that. Um, but the main MMA news, the main thing that's happening is Anthony Smith went on Errol Hawani's, uh, you know, show, the MMA Hour, and MMA he basically... Go on. Yeah. And he basically um, said a lot of things. Um, he said that the fight... One, he said that the fighter who beats John Jones, he's scared that the fighter who beats John Jones won't get full credit for beating him. But the other main thing was... He was very dismissive of Ryan Spann and called him a nerd. So that was the other thing that happened. Jeez, is that um, what we passed for as news lately? <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> um, now, you know what the big, honest, the honest to God big thing, though, was? Um, was this. Um, it, I don't, it's not necessarily big in the sense that, like, you should care about it. Like, it's kind of ho-hum. But it just makes me wonder what kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the um, Jesus, what's the word I'm looking for here? What's the lengths people are going to to make a quick buck in the, as an MMA fighter? And get ready for OnlyFans watch the new person who's made it OnlyFans. Drum roll, please. Actually, you get three guesses. Three guesses. Who do you think made it? New person made an OnlyFans on OnlyFans watch today. Female yeah. or male? Female. Sir. Cyborg. No. Um Joanna. No. Michelle Watterson? If there's a Lord, but no. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It's just gone dr- drudge. 
Oh, true. Okay. Yeah, Jessica Andrade has been OnlyFans. Now, in her OnlyFans, I'm just pulling it up here so I don't want to be be misquoted. Um, but not the OnlyFans, but the OnlyFans bio. Low econ. <laughs> so well, in her Only OnlyFans. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Say, no, say no, no. Quits. No, I already said slow week. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, slow week. It's a slow week. Um, but in her in her thing, she has MMA fighter, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Like I think that matters. And in her uh, in her bio, it says, "I'm an MMA fan, and I'm here to show my fans my sexy and feminine side. If you want to see what I don't show in the octagon, subscribe now. I guarantee you'll not regret it. Enjoy." Then she's got the 18 plus. Uh, 18 uh, with the cross, you know, that says, like, if you're not 18, don't don't come. And then the mm-hmm. fire emoji. Um, yeah. Then there's, um, yeah. So she's going to be showing P, and she's probably going to be showing T, unless she's trolling, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to say about this other than I, it is kind of embarrassing that professional athletes have to resort to this. I hope there she is. establishes. I hope she establishes the second revenue stream she's looking for. And um, not much to say other than that. My take really hasn't changed on this, Mike. I don't think you have anything to add, do you? Well, I just think it's another example. Like, the, the one thing people have said to me when it comes to this OnlyFans thing that, like, we've said in the past when it comes to Jessica eating all the Twinkies' eye and um, other fighters is that, oh, you know, you're getting fighters who are on the decline or you're getting fighters who – didn't really make a name for themselves in the in, you know, like the females division, et cetera, et cetera. Like they never really made it to the big time, right? If they made it to the big time, the UFC would would call them. Well, this is a former champion, right? So yeah, good point. Former champion, yeah. not too far off her title run. I think she's kind of a in a in a space right now where time will tell, but. It, kind of seems like she's on the decline and that she went up to 125 and was manhandled by the champion. And 25 is one of those divisions where if you show little to no, Mike, your camera's gone. If you show amateur hour over here, uh, if you show little to no promise in the top end of the division, you're just kind of going to be fighting and, and not so much consolation matches, but uh, it's less interesting a division for that reason. Yeah. But um my yeah, cat. what can I say? With with every one of these that happens, it's a bit of a PR nightmare for the UFC. Just because um, it it's uh, another nail in the coffin for fighter pay. I, I I really have nothing more to add. I don't know. Yeah. Well, just making sure. Am I back? I back? Yeah, you're I back. Guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, the reason why, like, honestly, if any other podcast, any other thing about MMA, this is, this is like, whatever. Who cares, right? Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Evander Holyfield debacle that was. Um, but it's just, for me, I think it was just a vindic- huge vindication to show that, hey, no, 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 there is an actual issue with fight- fighter pay. Because the one main criticism that we use, that look at these fighters making OnlyFans to make en- ends meet, isn't that kind of embarrassing, is, oh, look, well, you know, you're getting the Jessica Eyes and the Cindy Dandois of the world, you know? And, you know, Jessica I is a former title challenger, but whatever. Fine. Okay. What about Paige Van Zandt, former darling of the UFC? Exactly. Although, 
technically speaking, not OnlyFans, a pagevents.com, but still, the point remains, right? Same shit. Exactly. So the, the, the website's irrelevant, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now it's like you're getting a person who won a championship, you know what I'm saying? Who was who had multiple um, num- um, title shots and multiple number one contendership matches. So, you know, this whole argument is out the window now for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, in more relevant news, Kyoji Horiguchi uh, signs with Bellator. You said you said relevant. You said relevant. I did. I did. This man is possibly the best 25 or 35 or outside the UFC. Um, oh, no, I was being sarcastic. This, it's not relevant at all. Who, who cares? No. Actually, well, <laughs> you'll think it, of something about a joking. woman creating an OnlyFans page, but you don't care about possibly the best fighter in the world signing with Bellator. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> Throwing shade at my boy, Kyoji. Kyoji's phenomenal. Uh, he beat Darian Caldwell uh, twice in Bellator. Uh, with those, that crossover series with Risen. And I'm not going to lie, to me, this is important for two reasons. One, um, Sergio Pettis, hide your kids, hide your wife. Um, two, it paves way for him possibly coming back to the UFC if he clears out the division. We'll see. I think he's as good as he's ever been. His wrestling, his boxing, his ring craft has been as good as it's, as it's ever been. Um, and uh, additionally, if not Kyoji, who does Risen have? <laughs> Who's Risen's main uh, mainstay? Who's their draw without Kyoji Horiguchi? This, this issue, for me, right? when was the last time Risen even put on a card, anyways? So I mean, I, I think I think this is the nail in the coffin for Risen. Unfortunately, um, there was pride, then there was dream, and then Risen came and you know teased us with a few interesting matchups, a few uh, interesting prospects from Japan, and we found out it turned out to be a circus, um, putting on. Turn, one night tournaments with Miracle Krokop in them, yeah. and they had a few interesting prospects themselves, like Menel Cape, the Asakura brothers. But I think that uh, this is the death rattle here. Yeah, it just seems that MMA hasn't been able to uh, recover ever since the fall of Pride in Japan, um, for reasons that you know are alleged and for reasons that are clearly seen. I think, though, hear me out on this one, because I know, you know, I'm going to get some scoffs and some laughs, but what if there is a promotion that is Asian in its roots, but doesn't rely on Japan, you know, on the Japan martial arts scene per se, and can do shows in Japan reliably on a consistent basis? You wouldn't happen to be referring to one championship now, would you, Mike? I would be happening to refer to one championship. Um, I would say that one championship is also not around for a long time either. I think they are not. They have no method of making money. Their financials are dubious. They're losing money in the tens of millions of dollars. And uh, sure, they can put on shows in Japan, but... They don't really have the breakthrough Japanese stars. They have stars from other countries, which, you know, admirable as their martial arts scenes may be, don't really have the kind of economy that can fuel, uh, can bankroll what one championship aspires to do, right? They're trying to be this global mixed martial arts organization, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Myanmar and the Philippines aren't going to bankroll global expansion, right? especially when you're streaming for free on YouTube. 
Um, there's the issue. They do have the TNT deal, though. Sure. I just want to know where the money is coming from. Yeah. I genuinely think that if you went to Asia and ask, asked a random hundred people off the street, a minority of them would have heard of my one championship. But, you know, keep no, drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's, it's fair. I, look, I, I, as, you know, I am skeptical like you, for sure. Um, I'm just saying, what if, I think the problem that you run into, um, and I'm not going to get into, you know, the alleged, you know, underbelly of Japan's economy, martial arts scene, mixed martial arts scene, but the problem that you're running into with a lot of these organizations is that they rely solely on a Japanese audience and making money in Japan. And for reasons that I can and cannot disclose, that seems not to be working anymore ever since the fall of Prime. So what if you have a promotion that can rely on, uh, that can, so like the UFC can rely on other streams of revenue besides the Japan mixed martial arts market or other markets besides the Japan mixed martial arts market, but can also, unlike the UFC, put shows reliably in Japan on a consistent basis due to geographical location. It doesn't have to be one, but I think one is the closest thing we have so far. I think geographical geographic location is more important to success in mixed martial arts than you might think, though. Like, Japan is kind of that golden apple at the top of the tree that nobody's been able to pluck since pride. And a few of the reasons for the lack of That's what I'm saying. Of, one of Japanese uh, MMA has been, like, you know, the fact that Japan is a country, culturally, that goes through trends and, and fads. And when they're over, you know, they're largely, they're largely over. Um, as much as we like to think of the UFC as an international organization, and in many, many ways it is, right? It brings in all kinds of talent from all over the world. Russia, Uzbekistan, you know, China, they have a monopoly on, on talent at the moment for the most part. Our main problem, though, is that pay-per-views do not take place in the UFC outside of the United States. Why? They're tied to that geographic location because that's where the pay-per-view market is and that's where the dollars are, right? So any promotion that you make is kind of, unless you can get some massive TV deal, is kind of by the wayside. I mean, it's kind of dependent on geographic location anyway, right? People are watching cable less and less nowadays. So unless you can establish some kind of streaming service that gets everybody on board, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. Like, you kind of are tied to Japan, Korea, um, China. Those are the three countries with large middle-class bases that can support this kind of thing. But further down your road, I just don't know that at the moment, Myanmar, Thailand, um, Indonesia, Philippines are worth the effort of trying to establish an A-tier promotion. They can certainly support more local promotion that build up fighters, but. Well, my point is just not necessarily that they'll build in the Philippines, although the Philippines isn't like a market to sneeze at, but you know, it's, it's not, that's not my point. My point is, is that with, what if you have a company that can, doesn't have to rely solely on Japan? Cause the thing about Risen or Ryzen and the thing about Dream was that if they didn't do a show in Japan or if they couldn't get the J Japanese market, game over. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, what, what language would it be broadcast in if it's not going? Are you going to have multiple language broadcasts? And what economy are you going to rely on then? And right. how, are you gonna, you, how are you going to make money from it anyways then? Would you rely on China? Would you rely on some on Korea? Right? Could you? Right. And they, and that's the thing. Right. Um, now, look, you know, not to tell tales at school, but I know Japan is extremely xenophobic when it comes to their their likes and their tastes in entertainment. Um, so they're also American files, though, like Japan, exactly. generally a lot of cultural trends from America have been, you know, it originally exports and now mainstays of Japan. Um, Baseball, for instance, is massively popular in Japan and has been for a number of years, right? I was just about to say, like, if, but there is a way you can do it. But for the most part, like, it's like, if you're not, if it's not Japanese in terms of brand royalty, ah, loyalty, get out of here. But that you can do it. So I'm saying that I can <sighs> see a world where one championship can move in. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not well, saying they become pride 2.0. 2. Well, Mike, in order to create a successful company, you're, you need several things, one of which is a source of revenue, which one championship yeah. ultimately doesn't have. Oh, now, nice. moving along, right, um, last piece of news, and I'm assuming we won't have much to say on this, I hope, because we've got to get into the disaster that was the weekend, and we're 20 minutes into this. Don't worry, um, it's not going to take long to talk about this disaster, but go ahead. Debut of a transgender MMA fighter. Uh, Alana McLaughlin took place over the weekend, and the internet is absolutely rife with transphobia. Um, she competed in Combate Americas and defeated a biologically female opponent by rear naked choke in the second or first round, I believe. And um, I mean, Mike, any takes? I didn't actually get to see it. I wanted to, and then, like, because it was Combate America and, you know, not really very accessible and hard to find, I couldn't find it. Um, but I remember leading up to it, it was the talk of the MMA town. And a lot of people were losing their you-know-what. Um, I I don't know what to think of it because we did have Fallon Fox breaking two girl skulls, remember? Um the big problem with the Fallon Fox issue is that she didn't disclose that she was transgender. This situation was different. Elena, uh, Elena's opponent and the commission knew she was transgender, and she passed a number of medical tests, uh, you know, determining that she, her hormones and physiology, I don't know exactly what tests, but I know hormones were, were uh, a certain measure of it, fell within uh, acceptable levels. Her opponent signed on the dotted line. Yeah. You know, it's not like some guy put on a wig and said, I want to fight women like the, women. This is a transgender woman who has been mm -hmm. going through hormone therapy and all the processes and was deemed medically fit to fight, uh, fight as a woman. So, yeah, no, I was going to say, cause I was going to, I was going to actually kind of say that like with Fallon Fox, the whole thing was that I, you said more astutely, I was going to say she did, no one really knew. And we didn't know how much of like it, how much, of a transition was actually made at the time. Uh, but you said more astutely, like, yeah, there was, there was tests, they were in start lines, they did everything that they, that they possibly could to make it seem, not make it seem, but to, to make sure it was kosher, um, I guess, in, you know, the broad scheme of yeah. things. Um, I mean, look, I'm okay with if a transgender, if someone discloses their transgender and another consenting adult knows, 
and they both compete, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not? If they disclose and they go through all the necessary medical tests and someone else knows that's happening and, you know, all kinds of – and science that runs its course, I, I'm okay with it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, if as, 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 as long as all parties are responsible – yeah, and like you said, proper tests are done. Everything's disclosed and on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, this, the, you know, transgender people are here to stay, and they're a part of society. And some of them are athletes, and they deserve the right to compete. And you can say they enjoy physical advantages over their competition in some senses. Yeah, sure. I mean, so do people who are born the same sex that, uh, you know, identify as that sex. You know, one will often have massive advantages over the other in bone density, in bone structure, in all kinds of things, right? For sure. Uh, genetics I think are the hang-up was. Yeah, no, I think the hang-up, though, was with, with like, let's say, like, again, bringing it back to Fallon Fox. Like, I hate to kind of harp on her and whatever. I hope she finds peace. But I think the hang-up on her was, you know, people just... Yeah, people just didn't know kind of the honesty with it, and she kind of sidestepped the honesty question all the time. Um, when you go into the world of cycling, there was another psych um, person in in the world. Of, uh, there was another woman, transgender woman in the world of cycling. Um, she won a lot of gold medals. And again, people just didn't know exactly what was going on. I think with time comes education, and as more people are educated and more people are disclosing what's going on. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. And as there's, as there's more comprehensive methods for transitioning as well, yeah. it'll become less of an issue as well, I think. Um, That's the whole and, thing, too, is that the science wasn't there 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but the science is getting better as we go it's on. It's getting right? better as trans. I'm, I might catch flack from this from some yeah. people, but as trans, trans people are allowed to transition earlier and we're able to make the diagnosis of for people who are suffering from gender dysphoria, maybe even before they experience a puberty of the opposite gender, they're going to be able to transition. And if they want to compete in whatever event, then we're absolutely going to be able to minimize those physical advantages. I see no issue here, but um, yeah, any, any, as long any as there's honesty. Honesty. yeah, no, yeah. as long as there's honesty, right. Um, like, and there's this, yeah, if there's two consenting adults to it, um, I think on the, even on the other side, there was a man, who disclosed that who transitioned to female and still competed against males um, as a Thai boxer? Um, yes. So yeah, not there, uncommon in Thailand. Yeah. So there, there is, there is this kind of percept. There is this thing where you know people are consenting now. You know, it, it's good. I think you know it's going to take a while until like you're going to see a transgender athlete in the UFC, for example, but. I think we're get we're getting there, um, yeah. and and you know I I if, sorry go ahead. Oh no, if it comes, it'll be more front and center. I just want to say that uh, from if Instagram is a sample good sample of the MMA community. Obviously, Reddit's a little more pro- progressive, but uh, I'm pretty embarrassed at you guys out there. Um, you know, well, like you know what I think for every five. Um, you know, um, what do you call it? Kind of homophobic and transphobic comments. There is there is that one person who probably is not has not read, you know, is not educated and is actually like asking 
legitimate questions for someone who's not reading. You know what I'm saying? Like every once in a while, you're going to get like a person who's just trying to answer, ask questions, right? And so I don't want to put everybody in the same group. All right, just definitely... asking questions. That old, uh, that old. Yeah, no, I, I hear, name. I hear what you're trying to say. Like I, I get what you're trying to say, <laughs> but like you get what, like there are people out there who genuinely would have their minds changed if they had the science. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so. Do you want to move on to the absolute shit show that occurred this weekend now? Shall we get a transition? Transition. Ding, ding. Speaking of trans... Um, okay, so let's talk well, about... I. I don't know where we put this in MMA news or boxing news or sorry, in MMA recap or boxing news. Like how, how do we do this with this transition? I would but, say boxing. I would say boxing. And if we have um, a transition for absolute mind numbing cringe, I think that would be more appropriate. Um, <laughs> how about I want to take a Phillips screwdriver to my temple. Do we have a transition for that? <laughs> Maybe I want to uh, stick my each hand in a separate blender and like, yeah, anything to avoid reliving the pain that was yeah. last night. What an embarrassment. Everything was embarrassing about it. I said this in um, uh, one of the group chats that we're in. To me, Triller is like if you gave some 14-year-old unlimited funds and said, go ahead, put on a boxing event. And then you slipped acid in his drink. Mm -hmm. that, that is Triller to me. It's just... Unlimited funds, but embarrassing promo promotion. Like, it's clear they have no idea how to run a show. The promotional aspect, just to talk about it before we get into the fights, downright awkward. Like, people will just be uh, discussing. Uh, they had Donald Trump, which was surreal. It was like I was in some fever dream. Like, Donald Trump talking to Junior Dos Santos and uh, Jorge Masvidal. And they'd have this awkward conversation, which was kind of like, you know, it seemed like you, you were explaining the sport to your uncle who doesn't really watch fighting but knows a few names and then they yeah. just cut off in the middle of the broadcast because someone would talk in their ear mid-conversation yeah yeah man it was but children has not been known for their good fight production because you know remember the last card was it jake paul versus was it jake paul versus ben, ben Askren? Askren, yeah where they had like eighty-seven thousand promotion um performances or am I am I tripping? Like there were no, that was strange. Yeah, they even had concerts in between the fights in this one. There was some Latin gentleman who came, who I'd never heard of and came up and performed. Um, mm -hmm. Did you hear that uh, stuff that went? Because it was the 20th anniversary of 9/11. Yeah. Um, so they had the moment of silence where they were ringing the bell. Did you hear that woman speaking up in the crowd during that? <laughs> oh god! Oh, fuck up, and then a bunch of people are like, shut up. You just heard like the rabble, just the peasant rabble from the crowd. And this like, mo like, is there nothing sacred anymore? And then they had the chant after that. We love Trump. We love Trump. <laughs> oh my, my god! You know, you know, I hate to say it, but um. Because I'm like, a big, I'm a big person in the idea that everything is politics. I've always tried to argue that. I've argued that in papers and essays and in dissertations. Yeah, every everything is politics. But you know, 
there are some things that don't have to be in the game of politics. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, man, it was it was tasteless. Like, yeah, especially you know, we 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 over here in this house have been like me and Faustine have been watching some like, um, you know, nine eleven documentaries. There's a really good one on Netflix, and you know, I'm we, about to watch it. It's it's good, and we both experienced nine eleven as a kid, so we kind of got the enormity of it. But like reliving it through that documentary and the pain that it caused, it really brought to life just what a chilling and tragic and just senseless affair this was and you know 20 years later for people in the crowd to be um disrespecting it in this regard like just just absolutely pathetic yeah it's just it's it's sad um it's just yeah like it, it just comes down to it it's like <sighs> There are some things that, honestly, honestly, we can all agree, like, we should do. And I think doing a moment of silence without yelling because you're whatever, you're drunk or you just don't give a damn, is not right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, um, and I say that, as, I say that, you know, ironically with the American the Captain America shield on, but I say that as a Canadian, you know. Donald Trump, for the most part, in this broadcast, seemed, I only watched the last two fights, mm -hmm. he seemed oddly restrained and well-behaved. I'm not going to lie. He didn't yeah. seem, he, he avoided politics, and he, he literally, like I said, just seemed like that uncle that knows a few names, maybe he's caught some highlights, doesn't know too much about the sport. And it was funny because it, it was, in that regard, he was more behaved than i thought it would be but it was funny because it, it was really like he brought down the level of the commentary you've got george masvidal yeah. and junior dos santos there and they're having to explain you know trump's in there like if he gets in there you know he's really good like tito could be really good but like anderson's really good from what i hear and it's like yeah yeah uncle trump yeah he's he's good you know he's really good with this yeah yeah <laughs> they're, they're just kind of like yeah. uh, i don't know what you said because like it's like you have it, even on like the main broadcast you had Todd Grisham, which is I think probably the set right behind more Ranallo and and um, you know some of the best commentators in the world. He's right there um, and the zone commentator, main guy. He's he's worked his way up the mountain twice uh, to become really good. You have Sean Porter, who's quickly turning into one of the best boxing color commentators in the world, and then you have Fifty Cent. <laughs> you know, yeah. and God bless him, oh. like. Again, yeah. fifty cent bringing down the level of commentary in that in that grouping as well. Just not. Who, by the way, was oddly behaved and was trying his best, but you're just not going to get a good product like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I get, I get the gimmick. I get, but I mean, fifty cent, like, you know, I, I, I like some of fifty cent's hits. I do. I think he's overrated overall as a lyricist. Absolutely. I don't think. I think he's aged better than some other products. But like. I'm not a 50 cent hater or anything, but like, I don't see the appeal. It's like Snoop Dogg. Like, why are you wheeling out these old relics? What's Nobody Snoop cares. Like who, who is going to watch the show because they heard, Oh, 50 cents here. Oh, I'm going to tune in. Like nobody really cares about 50 cent anymore. Yeah. With Snoop Dogg, I get it because when they brought him in that one time for the, um, not Ben Asker, for the, uh, Nate Robinson, Jake Paul fight, he had that one sound bite. So like they thought he would be, <sighs> passable and have a soundbite every once in a while 
But what I don't even said, get the Snoop Dogg thing. Like, who's brought in by Snoop Dogg? Like, people who are fans of disrespectful ignorance. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. But no, it's. I mean, again, this is this this card wasn't for us. Well, as they tried for it to not be for us, it was for, you know, the casual onlooker who wants to see a circus fight. And I think, oh, and I've I've talked about this, and I think I'm gonna make a video on it. The way MMA promoted itself uh, as an entertainment product and not a product based on athletic competition and skills is why we are why fights like this can be viable, unfortunately, and. They're going to keep happening. It's like Floyd Mayweather's dad once said, people like to see weird shit. And um, Floyd Sr., I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I think that's just what it is. Weird shit attracts people. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's get into some of the fights. Let's start with the only two really worth mentioning, Tito Anderson. Um, you know, it's sad. I will say there were a lot of legitimate fights that matter. Um, David Hay beat Joe Fournier, for example. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, so the, David Hay well passed it as well. Uh, he retired, but he's like not far off from retirement. Like, I think, like, are you years, sure? I he was a former cruiserweight champion, actually. Like, he's I know, I know he, he, he's got his accolades, but let's see. Hay retired. I, I okay, and he Joe retired Fournier, in May of 2018. Well, he's 40 years old. He, yeah. You know, towards the end of his career, though, he was really good. He was trying to – he was fighting his stride in heavyweight. I will say, Joe Fournier, not – is he going to fight Andy Ruiz at some point? No, but, you know, he also was high level. So it's the sad thing in all of this is like, oh, and a couple of these, like, show – like, these circus fights, Badoo Jack, who took – um, Adonis, Adonis Stevenson to the limit has been on some of those cards as well. So the sad thing in all this is in the undercard, they do have some interesting stylistic fights. Oh, now, yeah. It, it's funny, though, because me as a hardcore, not a hardcore boxing fan, I'm a casual boxing fan more than anything else. I know some of the names. I like, and I like, I like to see a high exhibition of skill, but I don't follow it religiously. I had no idea. I didn't, I know who David Hay is. I had no idea David Hay was fighting on this card. I'm just like, yeah. oh, hey, let me see a 60-year-old man potentially die here. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. I just want to just kind of say that every once in a while. Like Jared Hurd got upset by uh, um, Oasis in the Jake Paul. Was it? No. It wasn't Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather card one time. Mm. So they're legit things that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just. They get sure. overshadowed by filth. But if you think people are turn, tuning into these shows to see Jake Paul uh, or Logan Paul or, you know, Paul McCartney fight and be like, hey, high-level boxing before that? That's pretty cool. I think <laughs> I'll stick around for another card. With high. They're not doing that. People who are tuning in to see these cards are not interested in your Badu Jacks or your David Hayes. Yeah. They're there. You to know. watch filth. They're, they're, they're watching- there to see Christians get eaten by some lions. You know, yeah. they're there. That's what they're there for. They're there to see the Colosseum <laughs> flooded and circus animals fighting against, uh, you know, 100 members of the Praetorian Guard. I stretch this metaphor as far as it can go. But <laughs> that's a good shall one. We talk, shall we talk freak fights? Yes, please, please. Sorry. I just, sorry for the, the, no, no. 
No, no, no. I appreciate you getting into some of the more legitimate fights that got into this card, but um, let's talk Anderson Silva, Tito Ortiz. So, Tito Ortiz, first of all, walking out with that thin blue line flag, (laughs) man, um, seeming so intense to bring animosity to Anderson Silva as well. And then he just got out there and, man, just threw these... His boxing looked pathetic. Uneducated, slow... He looked like when he was in the corner on Anderson Silva and threw those four left hooks in a row, he looked like he was trying to swat a fly with an oven mitt. Just awful. I mean, what do you expect? He is like, he's not, <laughs> he wasn't a particularly <laughs> gifted striker. Fosse <laughs> loved that one, didn't she? she <laughs> is dying in the background. <laughs> we, sometimes we need a crowd audience. Like, we need like a like live a, audience. Yeah, live <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, but you know what? I will say, um, look, I hate to laugh at tragedy, but I take great pleasure in Tito Ortiz embarrassing himself every time. Oh, Tito I, Ortiz is a absolutely um, yeah. odious human being. Yes. From his politics to his conduct outside of the ring to him parading around a victory over, you know, a Chuck Liddell that is well past his prime and can barely move as a legitimate win. He is just a creature from the depths of hell. And, allegedly uh, being his ex-wife, allegedly. But. Allegedly. Um, running, over getting and kicked off the Huntington Beach Council because uh, he's incompetent. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anderson, I don't think Anderson was expecting it to be over that quickly. He just See, exhibited good head movement as he does, just bobbing and weaving and making Tito miss and then opened up with one lead hook and followed up subsequently and Tito was face first in the canvas and that's basically what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple things. Um, <laughs> and it goes back to, if you know you can't make the weight, why do you sign on the dotted line? Um, Tito looked absolutely drained for a weight cut that he missed by five pounds, by the way. Oh, his biceps looked like they were, you know, they looked tiny. They yeah, looked they, like they looked like the circumference of like a rolled up Bristol board or something. Like his arms looked tiny, like he dra- clearly dragged himself to make 200 pounds. And he's making a big stink about Anderson Silva choosing the weight limit and stuff. I got to be honest. I think in this kind of fight, it matters a little less to me. We're not talking about two ultra competitive people vying for an advantage of championship weight. Yeah, We know what we're doing. This is a circus. This is my thing is that. No, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I I keep cutting you off today. This is, this is. No, no, go for it. That's it. That's all I I have to say. It's a circus. My thing in all this, in all this circus is, (laughs) this is, first of all, this is also the second fight that fighter has missed weight for an Addison Silva fight. And the other one was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Who once fought at 167, which is insane. But, um, the, the I, thing, as if Peter Ortiz missing weight takes away any any legitimacy that this event was, you know. Yeah, um, but the other thing for me is is that Anderson Silva used to fight at 185. You used to fight at 205. What's the middle? 195. If you can't agree to it, you know what you do? You negotiate. If they still don't want to do it, you don't fight. You don't uh, do it. Like, <laughs> I don't really care to be honest. Yeah, like it's just for me, it's just one of those stupid things where it's like if this yeah. was if this fight was taking place in two thousand and five, <laughs> if this fight was taking place in two thousand and eight, 
you might have a point. I'd be like, yeah, Tito Ortiz is gaining an unfair advantage against Anderson Silva. It didn't matter in the end. No, it didn't. This is not a legitimate fighting promotion. This is spectac- spectacle more than I'm just. Sport, I'm so. just mad at the like complaining of it. You get what I'm saying? When it's yeah, like, but that's by far the least egregious thing Tito Ortiz has said in his life. It's um, a fair point. But then you know the fight happens and he gets embarrassed. Like he he gets knocked out in literally a minute, one minute. That's eighty-eight seconds to be exact. Yeah, pathetic. Um, no sweat off Anderson's shoulders. Uh, and then. In the main event, first of all, before we get into the main event, I just want to say that, you know, they did the whole national anthem thing and they showed the yeah. slideshow during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. I was dying because as they were showing that little package they put together showing the United States and Brazil, it's like, what stock footage website did you guys get these off of? Like, <laughs> they're showing the, the one of Brazil and there's like some waterfall and there's some dude texting on his phone in the middle of the waterfall. <laughs> like. Did you get? Did you guys buy a drone and take this footage yourself? I don't get it. Like, I could have put together a better hype package. With these weird jump cuts too. Um, yeah, everything about Triller is just. It, it's it's shoddy. It's shoddy. Um, it's 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 second rate. So. Well, so yeah, there was that, and then um, in the main event, uh, Vitor Belfort beat up Evander Holyfield, who, as we suspected, looked thoroughly washed. How could he not? He's nearly 60. Uh, unable to string together a combination. And to me, this didn't really look like an exhibition of boxing so much as Detour Belfort landing a single combination and then just bludgeoning Evander Holyfield repeatedly. Who? You know he still argued about the stoppage? You know? Yeah, I mean, of course Evander's going to argue about the stoppage. I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, he is the heart of a champion. He was one of the best boxers in the world, but like the blame lay squarely on the shoulders of Triller and the commission. Um, the referee mercifully stepped in to stop this one. Vitor looked quite slow compared to Prime Vitor himself. How could he not? But uh, Evander Holyfield, there was one moment where he attempted to th- throw a left hook and just slipped out the ring. And it just looked like satire, you know? This fight was satire. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, okay, let me... I want to take us through the entire week because I think, you know, first of all, we have time to fill. And second of all, <laughs> second of all, I want to take us through the entire week to, to just explain the the stupidity of everyone involved and how everyone should feel dirty. And and some people should be taken to Congress for, for this because... It was originally Oscar De La Hoya, for people who don't know, it was originally Oscar De La Hoya versus Vitor Belfort at 185. Okay? Um, keep in mind, Oscar De La Hoya in his heyday was a fighter who fought at 154. Like, that was his heyday, 154, 147. That was, that's prime Oscar. But whatever. California sanctions the fight. You know, you don't, as, as silly as it is, you don't try to take away people's dreams and if they and California has a rule, if you show us that you're competent, we will let you do it despite our best wishes. Andy Foster has talked about this rule over and over again. It's a thing. Okay, whatever. So the fight's going to happen, and then Oscar De La Hoya has COVID, so he has to step out. In comes a batter, Holyfield, who opened as a two to one favorite on the betting line, lines, by the way. 
Um, not gonna lie, made out like added because I picked Vitor the second that change was made. <laughs> Wait, but who 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 opened as a favorite on the uh, bang line? Evander Holyfield. Evander I Holyfield. Vitor. 58 year old Evander Holyfield opened up as a two to one favorite. I swear to God. Getting me. Where was I, this bet? I didn't know about this betting line. I would have put. I would have put my life savings on that shit. Yeah, I, I put. I put two hundred dollars. Made out like four hundred on this two to one. So oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was on pro line, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Um. So. What's it called? Yeah. So, the fight. So, fifty-eight-year-old Evander Holyfield. Here is strike one. Here's strike one. The fight gets moved from California to Florida because California, who let coked up Oscar De La Hoya fight 30 pounds up from his heyday, didn't want to give Evander Holyfield a license. And so they went to the land of the swamp. They went to Florida. That's and right. Florida said, I see no issue here. <laughs> I see no issue with a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield, who, by the way, 15 years ago, was denied by the New York Commission to fight because he couldn't clear medicals. Florida's like, yeah, okay, sounds sounds okay to me. Like, who who is like is the head of the Florida Athletic Commission one of those like cats that you see in the Chinese restaurant? Like, just, <laughs> like who does what what absolute dope? What absolute like inbred brainless like troglodyte do they have? As the head of the Florida Commission, do they have like, do they just have like a suit stuffed with cotton sitting in a chair? You know, like what, what is, <laughs> who signed off on this? And to be fair, this ended a lot better than we thought it would have. Um, I thought Ian Evander could have died. And easily, he, with a less um, merciful referee, he could have. Like this was just. Uh, yeah, the only person who is a hero in this is this, is this referee. Um, because that could have been horrible, but there's and then the commentary team afterwards, you know, oh, that was not uh, Evander Holyfield. Well, no fucking shit. He's 60 years old. Oh, that was an event. What were you expecting? What? When you saw James Tony beating on this man nearly two decades ago, and that didn't seem like Evander Holy. What did you expect? What did you expect? Um, what good. James Tony fight was uncomfortable to watch. That um, was uncomfortable, and that was like two decades ago, was it not? Um, but yeah, I, I just want I just want to explain because I I think people just really don't understand the red flags that took place. Um, because we get to the media day, uh, two thousand and three, by the way, the James Tony versus Evander Holyfield too. Uh, so yeah, nearly two decades ago. Yeah. Or James Tony, who, by the way, was not right himself, being on, <laughs> um, yeah, being on Evander Holyfield. Um, but okay, because I I do want to explain this because I think people just don't understand. Like people are saying, oh well, you know, who could have seen that out there? Like for for any of those people out there, for any of those people, I just want to explain why we're so upset, why people are ca- are calling for for arrests, arrests to be made. Um, because this was a disgrace. A media day happens. Um, by the way, I, you know, I've talked about like kind of the guy I know, the mysterious guy in the, in the, in the, uh, in the back who sends me clips or sends me stuff. When Evander Holyfield was making was planning to make his comeback to fight Mike Tyson another time, 
I was actually privy to some information, privy to some video. Evander what? looks slow. Sorry. Evander looks slow. Wait, oh, oh, when when Tyson was supposed to fight Evander, you mean? Yeah, okay, yeah. It was it was just before the Roy Jones Jr. fight, by the way. Just yeah. before the Roy, in around that time. So you were privy Evander, to some footage. Go on. I was privy to some footage. Um, privy to some knowledge about how Evander looked. He looked slow. He looked. His nerves looked shot, as in. They, you know, you, you list some commands, like, you know, when, what's me and you, we're holding the pads for each other, you list some commands, it's like, okay, do a one, two, three, do, do this, right? And Vander just looked as slow as molasses, but also looked like his nerves were shot, like he couldn't get to the commands right. Um, Still hard of a champion, you know, got himself in good shape, but just something felt off. So I, I kind of already knew, you know, but media day comes around. And Evander can't string a sentence together. We we saw we all saw the tape. Don't don't pretend like you haven't. He can't string a sentence together. He's taking a while to answer questions. He trails off towards the end. You know what I'm saying? Definitely the signs of someone who is in cognitive decline. Yeah. Right. Um. Now this isn't a distant Evander. This is not. The entire time, I want to preface what I'm going to say with, this is not on a Vander. This is not on a Vander, okay? But he clearly is in cognitive decline. So he goes and he puts on the gloves and they hit the pads and he's doing his workout, his open workout. And there was a clip I sent you guys in the group chat of Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield side by side. And even with slow-ass Vitor Belfort, it, it was night and day. It was night and day, right? So already <laughs> we are scared for Evander's life. But people, I had a guy on on, on YouTube because I was I was arguing on the Weasel group chat um, about why this is a bad idea. Weasel was arguing it. A lot of smart people were arguing it. And he says, Oh, the thing you MMA fans don't realize is Evander's not not hitting the pads for, for power. He's not trying to give his best, he's just trying to get his form right. He's just trying to get his technique right. This was a legitimate person telling me that this is that Evander was just just going through the motions, you know? Yeah, that's pathetic. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's um, one of the most flawed and pathetic justifications I've heard of an irresponsible commission absolutely failing to do its job, um, like. You're telling me that it's him going through the motions. What about all the failed commission tests that happened 15 years ago and continue to happen? That trailer had to go commission shopping to try and put this event on. Um, yeah, commissions exist to protect fighters from themselves because this isn't on Evander. Yeah, Evander's going to fight. Evander will fight on his deathbed, right? Evander could probably have an IV hooked up to him and he's going to be swaying punches. Um, this is why commissions exist. So that we prevent things like this and the fact that they're being facilitated to me is sickening uh, i hope triller goes out of business i hope their ceo gets run over by a car and oh then the car <laughs> and then the driver looks in the rearview mirror backs up and runs over him again there i said it man it, no it was sick because even you know why i knew Evander was gonna fall i i i had a bet with um 
I think it was Jeremy actually that a banner was gonna fall on the first hook he threw because when he was doing really? the pads, yeah. Damn, Mike, you're Nostradamus over here. No, but here's why: because on the first, because when he was throwing the hook and the in the open workout, do you notice that he actually crossed his feet and started to fall? Ooh, when he was, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, that's that's a bad sign. That shows a lack of um, hip mobility. Maybe hip mobility. Maybe it could be like a a, a nervous system issue as well, right? Like yeah. nervous right. system just isn't firing right. Yeah, that could also be it too, and that probably is the more probable one now that I think about it because he is in cognitive decline. Because crossing your feet, I mean, I don't care how much hip mobility you're lacking, you're not going to cross your feet from a lack of hip mobility. I think he's just, oh man. No, go back and watch the tape again, like I'll when he's doing the open workout, because he's he's like falling into the hook and as a result has to turn his feet and the the, the pad almost like saves him from falling down so that's awful it's terrible it's garbage so like i i, I think I, it was either jeremy or my friend kevin i remember going he's gonna fall on the first hook he throws on the first power hook he throws he's gonna fall watch and he, i actually have the text he goes you called it i was like yeah um well um yeah, so also to say, you get what you get, and I hope um, the Florida State Athletic Commission get taken to Congress, every single member of that, that board, including the secretary. Um, Triller yeah. should be arrested on the spot for, for that. And this whole practice of a decentralized, each individual state gets its own commission, needs to end. Because... Hey, man, that's a flaw with capitalism in, in the United States generally. It's called... Uh, race to the bottom you know it doesn't just happen with uh with mixed martial arts it happens with oil drilling companies not to get too into you know oh who has the like lowest corporate taxes and the lowest environmental regulation Hmm, nebraska let's go there you know it's this is a flaw of the american system more generally so i don't think it's it's going to change anytime soon i would love it to but look it's just you know I'm I'm stupid. I'm not going to get into all the uh, ills of American society, um, but I will say this: it, it's there is a line with this because you know we're getting into this whole thing of the YouTube boxers and guys coming out of retirement who admittedly look good, like Mike Tyson didn't look horrible, you know. Um, but we're getting into this age. But we have to remember that as humans. Not, you know what I'm saying? Not as Americans or Canadians or, or Polish or as human beings. There is a line that we cannot cross, that we must not allow people to cross. Precisely. And, and we've crossed it. To, last night, we crossed it. I think, let, let, hopefully, we can take this as a lesson in the combat sports community. We've tried out the old man fights. What we saw on Saturday night was a an absolute pathetic display. Someone could have gotten really hurt, but they didn't, and it's not too late. If we keep doing this, inevitably, someone will get very, very hurt, and it will not be pretty, and blood will be on all of our hands, and it will stain all of us in combat sports, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. That, this because is that's the how the general public views things, you know? Um, yeah. Parting thoughts? Well, I do want to get into the whole idea of, like, why Evander did this. And there's some speculation. There's a lot of reasons. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> Stefano, can you do that again for the for the money for the camera? Can you? Can you there you go. Money. Evander's got his. Okay, I'll put it to you like this: Evander's children are in the tens. He, he has double digit amount of children. He has double digit yeah. children. A double digit amount of children. What a virile man. Right? With multiple wives. Which means, well, multiple women. I won't say wives because you don't know, but multiple women. Which means Evander Holyfield had to pay a lot of people a lot of, a lot of money. And I've heard he's had bad uh, managers over the days. I heard his first manager. I don't know if you can confirm the story was just a car dealer that he knew from his uh, his hometown in Atlanta because he's like he was the only person I knew who was good with money. So he's like, yeah, he he literally chose a a, a used car dealer to be his his manager, right? So you know, typical. It's a time as it's a tale as old as boxing itself. You know, it's a sport of the downtrodden, and then the downtrodden get uh, experience some success, and then they're trod on along the way by people with looking to exploit a quick buck off of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, so, like it's, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I'm sure, you know, not to be, to be a little less cynical, I'm sure he had other reasons. I'm sure Evander Holyfield obviously wanted a quick payday, which is understandable, right? Um, Probably also there was the, the thrill of getting back in the ring and competing. You know, as you know, th there's that desire within us to compete and win and fight. And, you know, that carries with you into old age. For a lot of people, that never disappears. So the body may degrade, but the fighter spirit does not. As uh, hard as it is to quantify, you know, as old as you get, you, you're always going to feel like you can do it. And mm -hmm. that's why it's so easy to talk these fighters into coming back into the ring a lot of them they're like addicts <laughs> you know it's 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 a rush and not just a rush like not to to speak of that just like a drug it's also such a core part of you that um never goes away even when when your your physical abilities decline so it's yeah something that you're going to pursue against logic and against what's advisable and what's reasonable because quite frankly a career in combat sports isn't logical or reasonable or the best thing you can do right but yeah it, it hey man at the end of the day it, it's like this it's like this a 60 year old fighter a 60 year old man well 58 let's be precise let's you know uh, as good of a shape that he could be in and evander let's be honest was in great shape like physically, a 60-year-old man or nearly 60-year-old man should not be fighting unless it's to defend his family. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I, I agree. Well, uh, you have some stories, sir, apparently. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll tell the story, then we'll we'll wrap it up because we're at an yeah. hour. We managed yeah, yeah. to stretch very little content into an hour. We always um, do. By the way. So uh, I I have been rolling at uh, a number of gyms down here in NYC, and um, 
the other day I rolled with uh, an unnamed black belt under John Danaher, who we, you know, we can have on the, on the podcast sometime. I'll bring him on. And um, went over to his place, rolled with him. And, uh, you know, he does what a black belt under John Danaher would, would, would be expected to do to me. There are some submissions there, right? A few heel hooks. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he, he showed me the way. <laughs> he showed me the way. And um, to keep the story brief, I asked him afterwards. I'm like, so tell me, what do you think? Is my level around, uh, or is my level like commensurate to, to brown belts in New York City? What do you think? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, you're, you're, you're good. You know, you're around the level of other brown belts in New York City. I'm like, okay, that's good. He's like, your, your upper body stuff is phenomenal. We just got to work on those leg locks. And ah! my heart sunk ah! in my chest. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> There's levels to this game, my friends. And I, who pride myself as a leg locker, evidently has quite a bit to learn. So there you have it, folks. Man, that's funny. It's like, hey, your best, your best thing. Well, it's not your best thing, but you know, you pride yourself on it. He goes, yeah, it, it's a trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll see if I can get him on the podcast sometime. Um, but uh, yeah, very um, very good jujitsu down here, leveling up in all aspects, uh, so that I can bring it back to the T dot. And um, I think that wraps us up. For this week, yeah. um, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us where podcasts are found. Like the video. Tell your friends about the leg kick. Tell us, tell them about our thick, juicy legs at the Leg Thick Podcast. Unless you want to be put in one of our triangles where our thick, juicy legs will squeeze the life out of your body. Um, Mike, to play us out. What does that mean again? Fuck it, we'll do it live. All right. Um, in the crazy mixed-up world where... Yeah, Trump was on the boxing broadcast. The former president of the United States was on the boxing broadcast. That's right, former. Um, let's get Obama on one. <laughs> Just remember. Uh, we need to change for the future. I know how Obama turns to Bill Clinton all of a sudden, but okay. No, Bill Clinton's a little more like this. I'm sorry, Mr. Epstein. I'm going to have to do you dirty. <laughs> Oh no, there goes our, our, our monetization. Uh, just remember, you got three things. You got life, you got family, and this podcast. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>